0: Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, I'm Peter Jones, Chartered Surveyor, Author, and Property Investor, and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. A while ago, Rob Moore, co-founder of Progressive Property, put a post on the Progressive Property Facebook group asking the question, should you pay off your mortgage early? What a question. Seems to have polarised everybody's opinions. Those who are vehemently for paying it off early, those who are vehemently against paying it off early. So I thought it'd be quite fun this week to dip in, have a look at those comments and maybe come to our own view as to whether we should be paying off our mortgage early. So have a listen and see what you think. And of course, do get in touch through the Facebook groups. Let us know what you think. But before we start, before we go through everybody's opinions, let's have a think about perhaps one of the arguments which has traditionally been put forward as the reason why property investors don't pay off their mortgage early. Now, there's really two strands to this. First of all, in the UK, property values, on average, have been proven or stated, depending upon what your view is, to increase in value by around about 8% per annum, on average, meaning that on average, they double every eight to 10 years. Now I'm saying on average very deliberately because of course, property values don't double every 10 years, but if you go back over a period of time, and for example, the nationwide house price indices go back to about 1952, if you look at the statistics, property values tend to increase on average, by double every eight to 10 years. Now, that's quite an astounding thought, actually, when you think about it, because during that uh, period of time, since 1952, we've had all the things that we've experienced recently, such as uh, volatility in the financial markets, economic downturns, there's been wars, famines, plagues, pestilence. Despite that, property just keeps ticking away and going up in value. Now, of course, that's not the only thing that's happening. During the same period, usually we have inflation. Now, it's been a bit strange for the last few years because inflation rates have actually been quite low. For the last few years, they haven't even hit 2%, which is the target that the Bank of England are trying to keep inflation at. And that, that is unusual. I remember as a teenager back in the 70s, that dates me, doesn't it, when inflation was at 30 or 40% per annum, which is absolutely horrendous. And, and uh, looking back now, must have been quite strange sort of living through those times. But we haven't had that. Inflation's been quite low. But generally speaking, inflation is usually ticking away in the background while property prices are going up. And when you think about the effect of property prices doubling on average every eight to 10 years and inflation eating away at the real value of the mortgage, that's the reason why many investors traditionally have said you shouldn't be paying down your mortgage. So let's just think about that with some figures. Supposing you bought a property for 100,000 pounds and you took out a 75% buy-to-let mortgage on it, well clearly in year one, you'd have a property worth 100,000 pounds and you'd have a 75,000 pound mortgage on it. Wind forward 10 years and the value of the property has doubled from 100,000 pounds to 200,000 pounds. But of course, the interest only mortgage which you haven't been paying down is still 75,000 pounds. So, you've gone from a position where you only had £25,000 worth of equity to now you've got £125,000 worth of equity. And the value of the loan as a proportion of the value of the property is obviously considerably reduced. What happens if we leave that loan then for another 10 years? So, we're looking at year 20. And in year 20, the value of the property will have doubled again. So, now the £100,000 property which you bought on year one is now worth £400,000, but of course your mortgage is still only £75,000. Leave it for 30 years and the value of the property is now £800,000, but the mortgage is still only £75,000. And of course, in 30 years' time, the real value of the pound, because of inflation, means that your £75,000 mortgage isn't even £75,000. In real terms, in today's money, it's going to be like loose change. And that's why, traditionally, investors have said there's no point in paying down your mortgage. Now, as well as that, there are really good practical reasons why you may not want to pay down your mortgage. Or, look, put in the question in a slightly different way, why you might want to take out an interest-only mortgage instead of a capital repayment mortgage. And one of the big arguments, traditionally, has been it's great for cash flow. Because if you're only paying the interest element of the mortgage, and you're not paying down the capital, then it gives you more cash flow. You get to keep more of your money each month. What makes that even better, of course, is that our tenant is actually paying the mortgage for us. Behind all of that, we're keeping more cash flow. If you're paying down the mortgage, then obviously there'd be more money going out of your pocket each month to pay the mortgage down. Now, things are changing. Obviously, there's the changes in the tax coming through, which means that Whereas, up until fairly recently, all of your interest could be offset, for example, against your rent, that's now changing and that's been phased out. And maybe that's the subject for a future podcast, we'll come back to that. So it used to be very tax-attractive and tax-efficient to have an interest-only mortgage and not pay down your, your mortgage. That could be changing and maybe we'll come back and review that. But as things stand at the moment, The argument is that we'll be buying our properties into a limited company and so the same thing applies anyway. All of the interest on the mortgages can then be offset against corporation tax, making it tax efficient. Now I have to say, my view, and this is only my view, you may agree, you may disagree, that's entirely up to you, but as a general principle, I'm a don't pay it down kind of person. I'd much rather actually not pay my mortgage down, I'd much rather have the cash flow I'd much rather take the view, maybe the hope, maybe the risk, some people would call it, of of assuming that property values are going to keep on increasing over the years and so that my mortgage will become less in real terms, particularly compared to the value of the property. But, you know, it's one of those things where I think it would be very dangerous to say that there are hard and fast rules. And if you've ever been on Masterclass at Progressive, and you've heard Dixie Walker and Ann Holt and myself teaching at Masterclass, you know that one of the answers which we give to most of the questions that we're ever asked is, it all depends. And I think this is one of those all depends kind of answers. Because ultimately, I think whether you should be paying down your mortgage or not, depends on so many things. One of which is, what are you trying to achieve? Before we get into that, I'm going to add what I think is probably sort of quite an important caveat to, to this um, discussion, anyway, because it's interesting how we can get from the realms of theory into the realms of practicality. Because if you were to take out a capital repayment mortgage on any of your properties with the hope of paying your mortgage down, the reality is, if you look at the way that capital repayment mortgages are structured anyway, for the first half of the loan period and a little bit longer, what you're mostly paying is actually interest. And you only get to pay most of the capital down right at the very end of the loan anyway. So to some extent, depending upon what you're trying to achieve and what your strategy is, it can make this discussion somewhat theoretical. Unless, of course, you're getting large lump sums of cash in, which you can use to pay down your mortgage in big chunks. But for most of us, if we're thinking about capital repayment mortgages, the way they're structured actually doesn't help or encourage us to pay our mortgages down anyway because it takes so long before the payments you're making every month actually start contributing to the capital that you're paying that down. So why do I say that? Well, for example, if your strategy
1: is to... If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Minimal startup costs, zero risk and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. To
0: build a portfolio, you may want to regularly refinance your properties anyway. So that being the case, why would you want to start paying down your mortgages? Because all you're going to be doing is giving the money to the bank, and then at some point in the future, you're going to have to pay the bank fees in order to borrow that money back out again. And of course, if, say, during the first 10 years of a capital repayment mortgage, most of what you're paying down is interest anyway, and then you want to refinance, you haven't actually been contributing very much to the equity in any case. So. Again, I think we need to have clarity of vision and clarity of strategy before we can even begin to decide whether paying down the mortgage is right for us or not. And for most investors who want to keep building their portfolio, who want to keep refinancing their properties, getting their money back out and using that money perhaps as deposits on future purchases, then I'd suggest that paying down the mortgage is not really the way to go. It's a waste of time and you're just going to end up paying more in bank fees just to get that money back out. So going back to the idea that it all depends, well it does all depend really, what are you trying to achieve? Now if you want to build capital, and if perhaps you're, uh, how can I put this tactfully, if like myself you're getting on a little bit and you're thinking about retirement in the future, then it might make sense to have a few properties, start paying down the loans, building up the equity within the properties in order to supplement your pension at a later date. I can understand the attraction of that. So maybe one of the depends is, well it depends where you are in your property journey and what it is you're actually trying to achieve. But again I would go back to the point I made earlier that even if that was the case you'd have to think about how you actually structure paying down the mortgage because if it's a traditional capital repayment loan it's going to take you quite a long time before you start paying it down anyway given the fact that in the early years it's mainly interest. Now one thing which I was really interested in looking through the Facebook posts which Rob put up, and the number of comments, and by the way, thank you for all the comments, it's really great to have a lively debate on this, but the the discussion on Facebook actually split quite quickly into a number of different discussions, almost into a sub-discussion. Within a relatively short space of comments, it actually split from should we pay down our mortgage in a general sense, to discussing should we pay down the mortgage on our own home? but not pay down the mortgages on our investment properties, or should we pay down the mortgages on the whole lot, which is a very interesting idea. So I thought it'd be quite good to actually get into that a little more deeply and have a sort of a dig into that. So let's just think about the idea of, should we pay down the mortgage on our own home, regardless of whether we're going to pay down the mortgages on our property investments or not. And it seems that the common theme running through the different threads and posts is the idea that if we pay down the mortgage on our own home we're creating security. Security for ourselves, for our families, for our spouses and preparing the way for leaving a legacy maybe to the next generation. And I completely get that, I can understand where where we might be thinking that if we actually don't have a mortgage on our own home it puts us in the driving seat It ring fences us against the bank coming and wanting to take our property away in the future. I get all of that. But as I was reading all the posts, I was wondering whether that's actually how it works in real life. Because if you're investing in property, my experience is that the two actually go hand in hand. It's quite hard to actually ring fence your home so that it's not gonna be affected by your property business. Why do I say that? Well, first and foremost, in my experience, if even if you're buying properties, for example, into a limited company, you're probably going to have to give personal guarantees as the director of the property company on the mortgages that you take out, which effectively gives the bank carte blanche to come and look at your private assets, including your home, if, for, for example, they ever needed to come and take those as a security against maybe a default within the business. Now, obviously, hopefully that's never going to happen, but it just leaves the possibility there. Going off at a tangent, by the way, sometimes when I talk to people about buying their properties into a limited company, which is kind of all the rage now to try and get around the new tax situation, sometimes those I'm talking to express some concern as to whether they have to give a personal guarantee. But if you think about it this way, if you were taking a mortgage out in your own name, you'd be implicitly guaranteeing the mortgage anyway. So as far as I'm concerned, there's not really very much difference. It's just one of those things which we have to do. It's almost just a cost of doing business. And if you want to borrow the money, and if you want to set your business up as a limited company, then you're almost certainly going to have to give personal guarantees at some stage, even on vanilla buy-to-let loans. It's just the way it, it works. So in that sense, does paying down the mortgage on your own home give the security that we hope. Now, I was thinking this as I was going through the threads. And as I scrolled through, I came across Mark Homer's comments. And what did Mark say? He said pretty much the same thing. And I thought, yes, absolutely. So I'm not misreading this. This is the way that it is. The mere fact that you've paid down the mortgage on your own home doesn't necessarily protect you because of the reasons that we've just been thinking about. So that would be the first thing I'd say. The second thing that occurred to me is that if you pay down the mortgage on your own home, are you not just setting yourself up for a massive inheritance tax bill later for the future? Now, I have to stress, I'm not a tax consultant, I'm not an IFA, so really you should just ignore me. I'm not giving advice, this is just my own opinion. When you think about it, the opposite of paying down is to actually keep borrowing against. And in some respects, it makes total sense from a tax point of view to keep borrowing against your own home and not to pay it down. Let me explain why. If you end up with a home and hopefully you live in a nice house and it's going to be worth quite a lot of money, and we've already thought about the way that the values can increase double every 10 years or so, when you eventually meet your demise, as we all will, and you go into that great new property investing place in the sky, When that actually happens to you, if you've paid down your mortgage, you're going to be leaving your estate with this unencumbered asset which is going to be worth a lot of money. And depending upon where the thresholds for inheritance tax are at the time when we all go, you're potentially leaving a very large tax bill for your estate. Now, one of the ways around that is to actually keep borrowing against your assets. What would you do with the money? Well, when you get to a certain age, you could use it to supplement your income, you could use it to buy the toys, should you so wish, or you could just keep investing that money. The choice is yours. But having unencumbered assets, including your own home, is just setting yourself up for a tax bill. Personally, I'd rather enjoy the money now than leave it for my children to blow, or even worse, leave it for the government to grab it before my children can enjoy it. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's just another thought on that, had you thought of that. And then another slightly different angle on this. My view is that equity in your own home, if you're not using it, is just a wasted asset. Why? Because you could draw that money out and you could use that money to fund your future investment properties, and you could make a, a greater return by drawing your equity out of your own home than you could than just leaving it there, paying down your mortgage. Again, coming back to Mark Homer, if I can just pick on his comment. Why would you pay it off? Why would you pay off the mortgage on your own home if you can borrow at it at 2% and then make 15% plus return on capital invested on a vanilla buy-to-let? Absolutely. Even just doing sort of lazy property investing and buying a vanilla buy-to-let without putting in too much thought about it, you can actually make 15%, 20%, 30% return on investment, on your own money invested, just by pulling it out of your own home. Now, of course, I understand entirely the idea that in our head, there's this n- idea of notional security. And I think the big concern talking to people about this is that if something happened, the equity that's in our own home could just disappear if we would take that equity to put it into other properties. And then, for example, if there's a future property market crash, taking this stage by stage, let's just have a think about that. If we were to withdraw the equity from our own home and put it into other properties, has that equity actually disappeared? No, it hasn't disappeared. The mortgage on our own property might increase, but the money which we have in our hand has increased by the same amount, and that money can then be used as deposits in other properties. So if you look look at the amount of equity across your whole portfolio, it hasn't actually changed. And in fact, if you buy the right properties with the money that you've drawn out, and if you're able to buy properties where, for example, you can add value, and you can add more value than you actually spend on the refurb, for argument's sake, actually, the equity across your portfolio can actually increase. Now, to me, that actually sounds like more security, not less. But let's think about the second stage of the argument, which sometimes comes back, which is Well, what if there was a property market crash? What if values fell? Aren't I going to lose all that equity, which is now spread throughout my portfolio? Well, the answer to that is, we're still buying using investment fundamentals. We still want to be buying properties where we can, which are below market value, so we've got a built-in buffer. As I've just said, we want to be buying properties where we can add value, so that we're building the buffer even greater. And, of course, we want to be doing our due diligence to be buying properties so that even if there is a crash, hopefully we're buying the right sort of properties in the right areas where maybe we're gonna be protected against the worst of the crash, the worst of the extremes. So all in all, I'm actually for using equity in my own home. In actual fact, when I first started, the way that I was able to start in property was drawing equity out of my own home. If you ever heard my story, you'll know that I was made redundant. I literally didn't have a penny. I had no savings. My wife and myself, we had young kids at the time, and like many young couples of our age at that time, we didn't have any savings. All the money just went on looking after the family and paying our household bills. So when I was made redundant, I had nothing to start with apart from the equity in my own home, which I was able to remortgage out. And that became the seed capital for my portfolio. And I'm still buying, I'm still spending, and the portfolio grew from the point where I took the equity out of my own home and in a sense I'm still spending that money now because I'm still buying properties. So I think that's the key. Not to see it all in isolation but to think about it as just being a tool which you would use along with your other tools such as your knowledge, experience, doing your due diligence, making sure that the money is invested into the right sort of property to keep you safe. So let's have a look and see what some of the others uh, have been saying on Facebook about this. Well, Steve says it all depends on your strategy. Absolutely agree, Steve. It does, it all depends. Right? This is the two words which we use all the time in property. And as I say, if you come to Masterclass, you hear Dixie and myself saying it all the time. It all depends. Johnny says it's nice to have unencumbered properties, but the regulations and criteria are making it harder to get a mortgage. So maybe having a small mortgage gives you additional options to raise capital. That is a very interesting point. Again, it's very easy to see these things sort of kind of like very black and white, but it's never quite as simple as it may seem. Having a small mortgage can potentially make it easier to access more mortgages later. And I like that point, Johnny, that, that's really good. Gamail says, ideally a mortgage-free portfolio gives security, but it may restrict your growth if you've got a lot of money in a few properties. Yeah, I totally agree for the reasons I've just said. I see the equity in a property as being an asset. And if you're not using that asset, then it's a wasting asset. Andy says, with interest rates so low at the moment, there are many investment opportunities that can give you a better return. So I'd say no, as in no, don't pay down your mortgage. If people can find an investment that gives a better return than a mortgage rate and they're happy to take investment risk, then do it. I agree, Andy. And he goes on to say, I've sourced my client a 1.25% lifetime tracker. Well, if you can borrow money at 1.25% for the lifetime of a loan, and as Mark Homer says, you can then just take that and put it into a vanilla buy-to-let and get 15% on the return of your own investment. Why would you not do that? I absolutely agree. Now, that, to me, that's actually creating security. It's not actually uh, going against building security. Here we are. I'm just scrolling through the Facebook comments. They're brilliant comments, by the way. Here's one from Katie. Katie says, I've paid off my mortgage, but I'm regretting it because I can't release as much equity as I thought now that, now that I want to buy some more houses. So again, that's going back to Johnny's point from earlier, isn't it? That it's actually perhaps a good thing to have some mortgage debt and it can actually work against you if you pay it off. And of course, what Katie is saying is exactly what I was saying, I think. at some point, you're going to look at the equity in your assets, in your home, in your buy-to-lets, in your investments. You're going to think, I should be using that. So why pay it off just to try and get it back out again? Absolutely. Ryan says, no way, as in no way, don't pay it off. Leverage is what's good about property. You make money on borrowed money. And it's the only asset class that allows it, unlike shares and funds. Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. And of course, leverage is sort of quite a big buzzword in our community, but for good reasons, because it's a really important part of what we do. So we get the maximum out of everything we have, not just money, but particularly money. So yeah, I absolutely agree, Ryan. But then one last comment from Richard. Richard says you need to do the maths. And I totally agree. Richard goes on to say he doesn't think he'll ever go past 50% loan-to-value. And there's sense in doing that now it ra- that actually raises an interesting point the first thing i'd say is there is no right or wrong and going back to my earlier comments we have to decide what's right for us it is all about it all depends and ultimately all of us are going to have different views and a different attitude on risk now some people might consider me to be a bit of a risk taker i don't actually think i am uh, particularly reckless, but I realise that I take more risks than other people. And maybe that's why I was able to grow my portfolio quite quickly from the point where I had zero properties to now I've got many multiple properties. I bought my 70th property uh, a month or so ago. And that was because I was prepared to do exactly what I'm talking about, which is to refinance, get my money out as much as I could, and then use that money and reinvest it. Now, as I say, I don't think I'm particularly a risk taker because when I buy properties, I use investing fundamentals. I do my due diligence. I'm not just speculating. I'm not gambling with my money. And I think that's one of the key things to remember. But I understand that if there was a scale of risk, there's those of us who are completely risk averse at the bottom end of the scale to those of us who are completely reckless at the top end of the scale. Now, I'm not not reckless, I don't think, but I'm probably about three-quarters of the way up the scale. But I'm prepared to look at the probabilities. Ultimately, though, we've got to do what's right for us, and it's all going to depend upon what's in our flow and how we see risk and how important perhaps having the, I was going to say, illusion. That sounds almost unkind, though, and I don't mean it in an unkind way. But the perception of security may be in paying down our own home or paying down the mortgages on our assets. We all have to do, ultimately, what is right for us and what we're comfortable with. And by the way, there's absolutely nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. We are who we are and being self-aware, I think, is a great thing because it helps us make decisions which are right for us. None of us want to lie awake at night worrying about things that we've done, so we need to do the things which are in our flow but the key thing is i think is to look at the arguments to weigh the arguments both ways then we can make an informed decision and then we're not just running on emotion the worst thing is making decisions on emotion let's make decisions as property investors fully understanding what it is we're trying to achieve fully understanding our strategy and where it fits into our strategy fully understanding on how we think of and how we deal with risk then Ultimately, we're all going to be doing the right thing for us. So there we are. That's my thoughts on it. I suppose in summary, what I'd say is it all depends on where you are in property. If you're just starting out and if you're of a certain age, which is probably towards the lower end of the scale, if you're a bit younger, then I'd say I'd consider being maybe a little bit more aggressive than if you're perhaps well advanced into your property journey and if you're of a slightly older age. But ultimately, you do whatever is right for you. All I know is though that I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't drawn the equity out of my own home and if I tried paying down all the mortgages on my assets, well, I wouldn't have the portfolio I have today. So I hope you found this helpful. It's probably one of those things where we can discuss this forever, really, because we're all gonna have a different view on this and that's great. And if there's anything that you want to discuss, if there's anything you'd like to perhaps uh, hear me talking about on a future podcast, get involved in the community get onto the Facebook group, tell us what you want to talk about, tell us what you're thinking, and then perhaps we can go through the the group, we can critique it, and if there's any great ideas there, we can bring them back to the podcast and we can talk about it in the future. So I hope you've got plenty out of this. If nothing else, I hope it's going to make you think about what you're trying to achieve and what you're going to be doing in property and how you get there. So until next time, I've been Peter Jones. This has been the Progressive Property Podcast and here's two successful property investing